BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This episode of Lipstick on the Rim is brought to you by the House of Chanel. Chanel introduces a new generation of sustainably developed skincare infused with a high concentration of ingredients and derived from the uniquely revitalizing winter-blooming red camellia flower. Packaged with lightweight glass, organic ink, and other bio-based materials, Numero 1 de Chanel forges an unprecedented path of skincare innovation. Numero 1 de Chanel, beauty ahead of time. To learn more about the line, visit chanel.com. Hey, I'm Molly Sims. And I'm Amisha Gormley. We're two girls obsessed with one thing, beauty. beauty. And by that, we mean everything that makes you look and feel beautiful. We're calling on our favorite health experts, industry insiders, and friends to answer all your beauty questions. With a drink in hand. Definitely with a drink in hand. <laughs> You're listening to Lipstick on the Rim with Molly Sims. All right, you guys, today we have a special guest co-host, Mary Alice Haney. She is all things my favorite of my favorite besties. She is a designer, a stylist, a costume designer, a TV host, producer, and a mother of five. So thank you for filling in for Emma Shah. I'm so happy to be here. So today we're talking divorce. We're talking being happy and divorced. We have a very special guest today, Caroline Stanberry of Divorced Not Dead. Remember when you were destined for the spinster life if you found yourself without marital bliss after 40? Well, forget that. Caroline Stanberry and actually Mary Haney has changed that narrative. Today, we're going to be talking divorce, not dead. We're going to be talking travel. We're going to be talking beauty. We're going to be talking a little bit of divorce and co-parenting, a little fashion, a little bit of everything. Caroline Stanberry, how are you? Hi. Divorced and thriving. Divorced and thriving, right. Divorced and thriving. So the last time Carolyn and I spoke, she was just about to get remarried. You are now, divorced, not dead. You are now remarried. I'm remarried. Are um, you so happy? Yeah, it was amazing. It was like a fairy tale. It's funny when you get married again, I never thought I would at this age and I'm 45 now. You just take it in so much more. Right. It was just like a fairy tale. And it sort of, it, I looked around, I was like, oh my God, is this really happening? For our listeners who don't know, if you haven't listened to Divorce Not Dead, you have to listen to Caroline. She's a weekly podcast here on Dear Media, and it's riveting. She's actually living in Dubai. You're actually there right now. Will you talk a little bit about just your journey being married, getting divorced, and a little bit about that? And we're going to dive into Never Not Divorced, which is you recently did um, a podcast, which we want to delve into that because that's such a good title. 
I don't know. I mean, I come from a very a traditional background with very sort of aristocratic parents and you're taught that you marry and you marry at a young age if you're 20 something and you're not married, you are a over the hill, no guy's ever going to love you and you've missed the boat. And so you kind of have this, you're ingrained in that you better grab the first guy that asks you. And it's not that, you know, I, I, I love my ex-husband, you know, we're good, we're good uh, friends now and it's great. And he was probably the right person for me at that time, except, you know, we used to live till we were 15. We now live till we're a hundred and you can't possibly choose the man of your dreams when you're in your twenties, when you don't even know yourself till you're a hundred. And I believe that life is chapters and that we should be brought up in ways that it's okay. It's not a failure. You didn't make it all the way through. If you do, by the way, congratulations and chapeau to you. But if you don't, that's okay too. And I want to talk, teach my children that. And, you know, and that you have a choice. You're not a tree. You, want, you don't like where you are, move. It's that simple. And, you know, that life, I, I mean, my ex-husband said to me, being married to me was like being married to nine different women. I think, you know, I have evolved and changed in so many different ways. And I love who I am today. And you know, if you told me I'd be married to a 27-year-old at 45, I would have laughed. If you, if you, you know, my girlfriend had come home when I was 43, I think I married, he was 24, and told him that I, you know, I'd met this amazing man, man, child, whatever. This is Sergio, by the way. Hello, Hi, Sergio. Sergio, literally. Oh, hello. Oh, Can my you? Lord. <laughs> hello, Sergio. I thought that was the name of the dog. He pops in, and I'm like, good Lord. Oh my God. Sergio is one of the best soccer players as well. My kids are like obsessed with him and he's hot. Oh my Lord. Athletes. We're taught when you're, you know, I mean, when I met him, he was, he was 24, which is insane in itself. And I was like, everybody, I would have told my girlfriends, you've lost your marbles. I had three children. I've been married 18 years. And, you know, that's the guy that you get on and then you get off. You know what I mean? I, I, if my girlfriends wanted to have an affair (laughs) or whatever else, I would have said, go do what you need to do and come home. You know, but somehow I'm married to him and, you know, it might, I've blended my family and it's working for us completely. And yeah, I mean, I'm breaking every rule, I guess, or what we society has told us as women, you know, like my, even my ex-husband said to me, when you had one child, you had options. Now you have three. Good luck with that. You know, what guy is going to want you? And you are taught that. You are talking. I mean, it's it's scary when you get divorced. I, I have similar a similar story. I was, you know, married. I'm Southern. You know, my, my when I told my parents that I was, you know, getting divorced, they said, he's going to kidnap the children. Oh, my God. <laughs> nobody does this in our family. You don't get divorced. And then, you know, now we're best friends. And I set him up with his fiance. And the reason we were married was to have our two babies. And, and I'm now married to the hottest, cutest thing you've ever seen in your whole entire life. And dating was amazing. And I think that this whole narrative that, you know, when you're 40 with babies is sort of, you're never going to find a husband. It's just total bullshit. That was exactly the opposite of what I found. I find it's mindset. And when my girlfriends get divorced, I always go, oh, congratulations to you. Here starts your life. You know, so it's completely different, but you have other ones that they go into victim modes and like, you know, everything bad happens to me. And and it's funny because those people really do never get themselves out of that hole. It is they lived for years and years and years talking about their ex-husbands and what they did wrong and how, you know, it, it's unbelievable. They live in this story where I, you sound like you've, we've moved so far. I, I, I barely remember my last life, which is like scary to me. 
Well, it's also the time and energy. I, I have similar friends and I said, you know, and some family members where I say, you are spending so much time hating this person mm-hmm. that think about what you could accomplish in your own life by taking that energy and putting it into something else. It's just, you know, it's just, it's sad to me because it is a mindset and it, it is unfortunately a, a lot of people go there rather than thinking, okay. I mean, I remember looking at my ex-husband right before we decided we were going to split. And I looked at, we were in Palm Beach and I looked at him walking towards the house. I've told him this before. And I said, dear God, please get hit by a bus or cheat on me so I can get out of this relationship. (laughs) You know, you're just, you think you're stuck and you feel like, oh my God. And then the moment you can do it in a happy, healthy way, you know, it's amazing, but it's scary. I mean, and that's what I think what I love about you too, is this, you're a powerful woman who took her life into her own hands. And that's how you find happiness in anything, whether it's a relationship. I tell women all the time, I'm like, you have, if you want to get married again, treat it like a job, put as much effort in finding what you want exactly as you do trying to figure out your career or your children because your life is as important as their lives. A thousand percent. Did you know it was over before it was over? Yes. Oh, I knew for five years at least. Five years, but everyone, you know, I was thinking in my mind, maybe I'll wait till they go to university. Then I was thinking, okay, you know, maybe it's not that bad because you can just have separate lives, but you live, you know, in the same house. So that's okay too. I'll just travel because I had a, you know, I have a big job. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm on the plane, he's on the plane. So by the time he got home, I just get on a plane again. I realized when I was happier out of the house and in the house that it was over. But I, it was my mother, I think. When I told my mom, she said to me, stick it out. And that's when I knew. And she's like, you've got to stick it out. There's no divorce in our family. And I said, mom, I'm not dying in five years. If I was dying in five years, I'd stick it out. I've got another 50, you know, at least. And I'm like, I can't, how do you stick that out? And that's when I made up my own mind. I was like, I'm just going to do it. And once I'd ripped off the Band-Aid, and I think, you know, the one of the biggest questions is, you know, how did you do it? It's just, I literally put on my big girl pants at one one day. I felt sick as a dog and just walked into the room and I just said, you know, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. And that, that, it was that simple. And it's that base, basic. And, you know, to be honest, it's not like he fell about on the floor and went, oh my God, I love you so much. Please don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he just, you know, he just looked at me and he went, let's agree the narrative. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I didn't even know what that means. But let's uh, figure it out. Know, yeah, let's figure it out. And I was like, you know, I was like, okay. And so it was, you know, the bit that I felt sick about at night, years and years going, you know, I'm going to ruin everyone's life. And I think at the beginning, the worst part is the children, right? So I, after I'd done that, men go into sort of this sort of shock and like, they want to hurt you, really hurt you. So he ran out and the first thing he wanted to do was like, bring my children in. And I was like, oh, it's Christmas. Why can't we just wait till January? It's not like anything really changes. Still living in the same house. We're going to have Christmas. Do we have to tell the children today? And he's like, today. And I'm like, oh my God. So I think that's that was the hardest thing for me was the kids. But again, he made me rip that Band-Aid out off so fucking fast that I didn't have time to think about it because he was just, you've said it, now we're doing it. It just all came out. And then it was, from that day on, it was like, I breathed out. It was like, it was done. There was no way back. There was no like, we're not going to separate and see, you know, maybe, you know, maybe in six months we'll come back. It was just done. Before you met Sergio, was it, and I want actually, I wanted to ask you both this. Was it difficult dating going on that first? Do you remember the first date you went on after like, okay, I'm getting back out there? Well, so I treated it like a job. And so anybody I'd had a, 
crush on. And I threw a party in Los Angeles in order to invite my current husband. You know, I, I was, was at a, that party. I know it was a fake 40th birthday party for some of my friends. But like a they, divorce party? No, it was their quote unquote their birthday party. So I could invite him oh. to my house and you know, he walked in. But I so generous of you. It was so <laughs> <laughs> that is the kind of girl that I yes. am. That is who I am. But I just, you. you know, I found it fun. And of course, I had horrible dates. I mean, of course, you go and you have, you know, and you're like, oh, you have that moment where you're like, that's what that person thinks about me, that they're going to set me up with that person. But for the most part, I looked at it like I met a new friend. And it's maybe that didn't work out for me and, and that person. But but I knew I wanted to get married again. Like it was, I wanted to do it. You know, my first marriage was the best party in Capri that I'd ever thrown <laughs> But when it came time to go to the honeymoon, I was like, oh my God, do we really have to go do this? You know, my sisters tried to drag me out of the ocean. They're like, you have to walk down the aisle. But I love him as a friend. And now we're so much, we say we're the best divorced couple. We were the worst married couple, but we are amazing in terms of being And he is a great guy. He's amazing. And his fiance. Yeah, I set set him up with his fiance. She's a wonderful actress who I was getting my hair highlighted with her. And- (laughs) I said, oh my God, I've got the most amazing man for you. And then, so I set her up. They had a blind date. And then she Googled us and our wedding was in, in style. And she thought, oh my God, does she want a three-way? Like, this is so weird. Like, and then now they're, you know, eight eight years into it. Eight years in. And what about you? So so was it hard at the beginning or? Sergio was the first one I met. No, he wasn't. Um, I was really hoping to, I in my again, I, when I met Sergio, he was meant to be, you know, like the, the one you get on and get off, right? I mean, I didn't see any future in it. He was 11. And so, you know, for me, I was like, okay, it'll just be fun, you know, sex, whatever. And he st- it stuck. I mean, what woman in their right mind has been married I, 18 years with three children thinks a 24-year-old is a suitable next husband? I was not getting married. I was literally not looking for a man, which is at all. Like, I in, in my head, I had left my husband. I had no money. And I was going to be in a one bedroom, like with a flip down bed. That is what I envisaged for myself. And I was like, anything better than that is the dream. Right. So I had already gone there in my head and I thought that's how I was going to be for the rest of my life. And, you know, Sergio was the, the first guy I met. Yeah. And, and again, for the first year, I was like, everyone told me, you're, you're too old for him. You're, he's going to wake up one day and like, oh, what the fuck am I doing? And, and he's the only man who used to drive six hours to take me for dinner. Literally six hours. You know, you know when you're that young as well. It's like I love you <laughs> with the boombox by window. Say anything. Yes, he'd be standing outside my room with a boombox and like driving and, and say I love you. And I'd be like, get off your knees. You're embarrassing. You're in the street. And he's like, I will not get off with my knees until you tell me you love me. Oh okay, yeah, I love you. And so, so, so that's how I started with Sergio. And again, it was like the movie. I was like, fuck, I manifested this. Except he was like 25 years too young. But like, it, yeah. I well, that's actually a, a good point. The manifestation. I truly believe that too. When I got divorced and I literally wrote a list of all the things I wanted in my next spouse. And I, I would tell everybody, also, don't be afraid to sort of say the things that are not PC. I said, look, this, he's got to have his own money. I mean, like it's got, there were certain things I was like, don't set me up with, you know, a person that, that, that can't fly first class. I know that sounds so shallow, but like uh, that was important to me that somebody could come and do the things that I want to do in that way. And, and I, you really did have your own life. I did. And I think that's really important too, is that, you know, we're partners. You have two people that come together. And by the way, my ex-husband has a great partnership with 
his now future wife, and we just were terribly partnered together. So it's finding that. But wait, that. your new your new boyfriend has kids as well because you have yes, five. We have five blended. Blended. Yeah, okay. my second husband and I've been together for ten years, married for ten years. So it's so yeah, we're a blended family. But but I think man, it's saying what you want really, you know, and I, I burn oh, wow. it and, and act, act like a witch at the, you know, the sun, the, the moon, the big full moon. I wrote that list, burnt it in the middle of the night, you know what I mean? But it's I, so embarrassing when people walk into your room and you're like, I am this, I have this, my, I just bought my house. And you're like, no, I'm, I, you have to say it this way, but you're right. You have to be so specific. You have to be specific because when you're in your twenties, you're not at all. You're right. Was it difficult moving from London to Dubai? I cried like all the time going, what the fuck? I'm going to the Middle East. How are they going to deal with me? I've never, I'd only been to the Middle East going like literally as a, a way through to get to like the Maldives. So I, mean, like, <laughs> I had never stepped out of my hotel. So I had no idea what I was stepping into, but actually it's been the greatest move of my life. So, and how long have y'all it. been married? My, my husband, uh-huh. the, the new one. The new one. Exactly one month. And so can much. we just talk, make sure you follow Caroline Sanberry because we're going to go into fashion just a little bit and travel because you are incredible and beautiful and amazing. You have oh to see the wedding dress. Oh my God, that is amazing. All right, you guys, you can't see this picture. He's all in white, everything white. She is in a lace off the shoulder, sexy. You see the legs see coming the through. Leg, They're amazing. Collarbone, hair half up, Which half is. down. I mean, you looked stunning. I... Tell us about the weekend. Yeah, I want to hear about the wedding because it's yeah. also special that your kids were there. They got to be a part yeah. of that. You know, I think that's amazing. So we got to hear about the wedding. We did a two-day. We did one in the desert. So we, the first night we did the, because because we got engaged and it was COVID and everything else, you know, it's been COVID for such a long time. I just never got to throw a party with my friends, my family or anything like that. We got engaged in the Himalayas, which, you know, Molly, we climbed together. And wait, hold, um, on. Wait, wait, back, hold on, back, hold on, hold on, back, 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 back up, back up. Can you, you got, it's amazing. She climbed. We climbed the Himalayas. I went above base camp. I, I no washing for nine days, minus 18. My hands were like claws and he proposed there. But to be fair, I thought I was going to Courchevel for the weekend. <laughs> I hadn't realized, I hadn't realized quite what I was doing. I packed Chanel and heels. I had no idea. They said we could get off the mountain whenever I liked. When I saw the helicopter drop me in the middle of a mountain where it was like, I hadn't Googled Everest. Like, I mean, I knew Everest, but I didn't realize the Himalayas were attached to them. (laughs) By the way, me either. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I was at a dinner party. I got wasted. I agreed to do something and I never back out. And the next thing I know, I'm on a mountain for nine days with 26 Sherpas and three medics. And you said yes after that. That's true love. That is true love. Yes, I did. I did say yes. But I, was thinking, I don't know if I said yes to that or the fact the helicopter was coming at the same time. So I was so fucking happy. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so then we got an engagement party in the desert, which was amazing. We had 150 of our friends. And then the ne- literally the next day, we got married at Raffles the Palm on um, in, the, in Dubai. And it was just magic. It was magic. It was just, I can't really explain it. Just, it was a fairy tale. I had three gowns. Oh, I know. God. She like she was a, a personal stylist. Oh my god! Before. Well, so, I mean, look at that dress. I before mean, be, I know before becoming on television, like what was that like being a stylist and then being on TV? Because that's that's a well, and you guys were kind of the beginning of it. Yeah. I mean, you were the you know you're the OG. You really are. You're the originals. Yeah. I mean, it's like the original Sex in the City. You know what I mean? Which it's, we were talking about this yeah. morning. 
Yeah, for England we were, I guess, because in England we didn't have reality TV. And I think you in America was quite, you had real world, you had like all this, but everybody was like in their mid-20s or 17 or something like this. We were, you know, we were married women doing reality TV, which was like for us, for where I came from, the lowest of the low. Everyone thought we'd literally, literally hit rock bottom and gone nuts. We couldn't get into restaurants after that. Like in America, it's like, oh, you're on reality TV. Do come in. Yeah, where exactly. we had the doors slapped, you know, like, <laughs> oh my God. Um, especially from where I'm from. So, but actually when it came out, everyone kind of got it. And everyone, I, I think we, they really enjoyed it. It was, it's petrifying. I'd never done TV. I had a big business. I was um, the CEO of an internet company. I had 76 employees and I was in seven. 78 countries and we would I was very busy and I only did it to improve my business I, I mean really I was like I could buy a billboard or go on reality tv right so I was like <laughs> well, I'll go on reality tv you know so that, that's the only reason I did it I had no aspirations I turned it down for a year a year and then they said it's do it now we're going to choose someone else so I was like okay it's easier to get off a reality show I presume than get back on it right so I was like I'll try it if I don't like it I'll leave that's really how it started. I had no aspirations to be on TV at all. I was like, I'm a CEO. I've got to be taken seriously. This is going to be ruin my career, which actually it did. But <laughs> it did. But other um, things but came yeah. about, right? Other things happened, yeah. So do you still love fashion? Of course. Who doesn't love fashion? I know. All right, let's talk a little bit of fashion. Who are some of your favorite designers? Well, the lady that did my wedding dresses. I mean, Celia, can, uh, I can never pronounce her right. She's going to kill me. Uh, Celia Cuthantria, I can't say it. It's such a Greek designer. She does all the Oscars and things like that. Oh, she's I know who that is. She's incredible. It's uh, Sonia loves her. My designer, my stylist. Um, we'll figure it out. But I know. Yeah, she did all my dresses. I oh gosh, who else do I love? I just I love so many different designers. From one of my best friends is like Ronnie Kobo. Love her. Oh, love really we love too. Ronnie Kobo. She did, yeah, just so easy. They just sent me a black kind of like a Haney. It's really black, really sexy, a little bit of shoulder pad and has tigers. Oh, it is so good. And I have a hot pink silk satin, very colorful, beautiful. I love Ronnie Kobo. I'm just all about easy. I mean, I, I, Dubai is like LA. I mean, we don't do high fashion every day. We're kind of chill. You know, I, I love like, you know, shearling sandals and, you know, all the new Fendi sort of teddy sandals and things like this. Because I, I don't wear heels anymore. I mean, I've got three kids. Who wants to wear heels? <laughs> Do you feel like your fashion has changed since you've moved to Dubai? Is it different, very different than London? A thousand percent. In London, we actually really dressed for lunch and everything else, which I really realized we only dressed for the other women, right? Mm -hmm. Because men actually don't care. Whereas here, I think, you know, I'm. it's so casual chic. Like, I love pajamas, pants, sets, and like, you know, bright colored sunglasses and bikini wear. You know, I wear loads of Melissa Roadbrush. I think you're friends with Molly as mm -hmm. well. I've known her for years and years. She was my first wedding, actually. You know, so so I think my just it's just evolved in a much more relaxed way. I care less about. It sounds more like London's more like New York mm -hmm. and then Dubai's more like yes, LA. In like that LA, way. yeah. But you still have your bags. Exactly. You still have your, you love your bags. No. I do love I'm a bag freak. I do. Unfortunately, I think my whole, my children's college funds and my wardrobe. <laughs> she has Hermes, Chanel. I mean, the little ones, oh, the I've, big all ones. The ones. Judith Lieber. I had two of those. You know, I think you're good friends with um, Dee Hilfiger mm -hmm. as well. She sent me two for my wedding. Well, one for my wedding and one for my, just before. All right. Let's talk a little bit about travel hacks. You're always traveling. Maybe mm -hmm. less now with 
COVID, but can you share with our listeners a little bit of your packing hacks? So I pack, you know, because I do travel a lot. I I, I pack in looks. I'll do outfits. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll see how many days and then I'll do the day and the night and then pack the look and have it in there. And I know exactly what's going with what when. I think it makes such a huge difference. It does. And what about when you travel? Are you someone that on the airplane, like how do you get rid of jet lag? Or do you not eat on the airplane? Do you not drink alcohol on the airplane? Like I do all the worst things and I show up wherever I am. I get fat shit wasted on planes. So I, you know, I apologize to anybody that meets me on a plane because normally I have drunk in the lounge. I drink on the plane because then I think if I drink enough, I'll just pass out. And then I'll take a sleeping pill too with altitude. So like I'm out. Then I bring my own silk pillow, which I bring my own lavender spray. I bring my pajamas. I bring my socks. What else do I bring? I bring a whole like, you know, like face mask thing. And then I, I, part, I sleep like an absolute baby. People think I'm absolutely crazy on, on playing. What's your favorite, I try, I, <laughs> what's your favorite mask? Uh, 111 skin. Yeah, it's so good. They have the neck, they have the neck one too. And they're really good friends of mine. So they have the neck bit and this bit and I'll just do the whole thing. 111, you know them? There's, I don't know them, but we, the eye patches, the necks, the, the face masks, incredible. It's a great line. Oh, I know them super well. Really good friends of mine. If you want anything. And what about fitness? When you land somewhere, do you work out? Do you never, ne- <laughs> never? I don't you even. You just pack. climbed the fucking Himalayas. I mean, you don't work sad. out by accident. <laughs> I didn't even train for it. I went ten minutes on a treadmill. I was like, "Fuck this shit," and got off. You're the first person no, no. I've ever met who climbed the Himalayas by accident. That's the funniest thing I think I've ever. God's heard. honest truth. Like I had no idea, and I couldn't get off. Like they told me that you could stop at any moment. Well, you can't stop at any moment. You've got to go back or up or down. (laughs) So it is. is. Wait, does Sergio still, I mean, he has to work out. Look at him. He's ripped. Sergio works out every day for like 20 minutes, whatever. And then like I, my only move in bed is this. So he works like out there too. So he calls me the starfish. So that's it. He does it. That's another 20 minutes. That's another 10 minutes of a workout for you. That's a good 10 minutes, I think so. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, this is a beauty podcast. So we're going to ask a few beauty questions. Morning routine. What is it? Do you have a certain skincare you love? I know. We have to know. You're beautiful. I know. The skin. I wish everybody could see the skin. I, I'm really, I'm going to embarrass myself here. So I sleep in my makeup. I've heard you, Molly. I'm exactly the same. So I will wake up because especially if I've had my makeup done, I'm like, this will last two days. Oh my God. When I was on set on on Vegas, I told her, I'm like, I literally could sleep in my makeup. You guys are terrible. I know. I don't do it anymore. I literally do. I still do. My face always is lying on the pillow next to Sergio when I get up. It's still there. (laughs) You have an impact. I don't, I don't really, I, I like, um, what's the, uh, I like the, the one in the orange tub. What's she called? Sunday Riley. I like her stuff a lot. Mm-hmm. I love one, one, one skin, but I don't have any sort of routine at all. I think as expensive as stuff that I ever buy is like Nivea. And I don't, I, I, I go to, I'm a face of a beauty company here. So I go to have facials every, you know, two weeks or whatever, and they take care of my skin, but myself, zero, nada, nothing. Don't know how to do it. No lasers, none of that. Yes. At a medical, I don't, I mean, I don't know what they're called. I just do what they tell me. Okay. You know, I'll, yeah, whatever they say to do, I do. But if you're asking me what my morning routine is, I don't have one or my night. <laughs> she did a really strong laser. I can't do lasers because I tend to be darker. So it yeah. makes it worse. I did a great one. 
with the whole top face of your, if you're in LA. Yeah. That's what I did. They they blasted my entire face off. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You look like, you know, fetal again. My skin was shining. It was amazing. What's it like being married for a month? Ask me in six. It's been really fun. (laughs) Nothing's changed. I just had a great party. Will you talk a little bit about the episode on your podcast titled Never Not Divorced? I mean, I think it's really interesting because people go, congratulations, you got divorced and you must know this as well. If you've got a family, you're never divorced. I mean, my ex-husband, has, you know, I think any ex-husband, they go through parts that they, they like you, they hate you. It depends where you are in a relationship. Maybe they haven't found someone you have. So, you know, never not divorced is just saying that, you know, you can't, it's people, unless you don't, unless you don't have kids, then you can run out of the house and say, great, this is over and I never have to see you again. But I still have to do birthdays. You know, I've graduate graduations. I'm going to have to go to a tour of America soon with my daughter and him. And I have to go, right? And she's having a sweet 16 in March. So we have to do that together. So never not divorces. And I still need to ask him stuff. So I still have to ask him, can I do this with her? Are we going to do this? How much are we going to spend on the birthday party? Are we going to, which schools do we want to go to? So we're never not divorced. Unfortunately, he's just, he's always going to be there. And I said to him, we can do this the hard way or the nice way. You know, the thing is, you can hate me as much as you hate me. You can get as many lawyers as you want to lawyer up with. At the end of the day, one of us is just going to be poor, but I'm still here. So, exactly. <laughs> No, it's true. It's totally true. And that's the truth. And then even then, you know, you've still got your kids and they still go between the houses. And what am I going to do? Not help them, not pack for them, not do things because I'm like, you know, fuck you, fuck your dad. No. So I'm like, it's just a pointless fight in the end. And I think once you succumb to that and go, okay. You know, we've just got to get through this. And it's not easy. It's, I'm, you know, I, I, sometimes he's the most reasonable man on the planet. And some other times the little things just trigger him. And we go back to square one. And I'm like, oh my God, I thought we'd way past this, yeah. you know, but it's something sets them off again. So I don't know, you know, but I mean, you're much further on than I am. Also, I think, you know, for a man, it's, it, you know, most men run off with a 24-year-old, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's also humiliating in some ways. You know, I've also done the complete reverse. And, you know, he's not there yet. You know, he's having fun with them, but he's not married one or done anything. So I think there are just so many triggers for men, you know, to put you back to square one. So it's really how you deal with it. I mean, you know, again, you're 10 years in and you're best, you, you say, I would love to find a friend to set him up with that I thought was amazing, that we could all holiday together with you. So frankly, you're, you know, you are my idol. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, it's amazing. I mean, my my current husband doesn't want to go on vacation with my ex-husband. And I'm like, <laughs> why? We're all friends. But it is, you know, it's a choice. It's a choice in how you live your life. And it's a choice. You were married to them. There was love there. You've got children. I love what you're saying. I think it's something, I wish I could scream it from the rooftops because people would, like I said, all the energy it takes to hate someone and go through that. You could be doing so many other things with your life. And I also think the waiting and the waiting Mm -hmm. from what I've heard and so many of our girlfriends have gone through it. The kids know. They do. I do. And it's important to show them what a healthy, happy relationship is because a lot of kids have never seen that either. And it's, you, you know, know, and waiting till when, by the way, till they're 18. Yeah. So it's going to make it easier. Yeah. I mean, easier. First of all, you know, your life's, you know, you, we don't look the same way. So you need someone to love us first. And also it doesn't make a difference to the child whether they're 18. In fact, I think it makes it harder Yeah, because mm-hmm. they're so, you know, they're so used to you. Younger children adapt quicker. Yeah, 100%. Mine were tiny babies. I mean, when we, and by the way, we have a great friend when I was going through it. She said, she just flat out looked at me and she goes, honey, don't waste the pretty. 
Don't waste the pretty. Don't waste the pretty. You know, like it's, I thought, oh my God, you're right. Like, don't waste the pretty. Well, they say, you know, that we're going to wait another year and then I'll say it to him. And I'm like, listen to me. The reaction from him will be the same. Exactly. It's, you just, it's, you've just prolonged your own agony. You're waiting. It's like, you know, it's like that pain, you know, when you're, you know, young, younger and you're like, you really want your ears pierced, but you're scared of how it's going to go. And we all pinch our ears for hours and on end. And then suddenly we go and get it done. It was so painless. And that's what I equate it to because women wait forever for this because they're like, maybe it'll be years better the next year or next year. It's always going to be the same pain, but it's never as bad as you think ever. It's actually worse living in this, you know, halfway house with one foot in and Mm -hmm. one foot out than it is just ripping it off. I also tell people that it's not supposed to be this hard. You know, I mean, my husband and I, 10 years into it, like, of course we fight. Of course we have our, you know, moments, but it's not a day-to-day slog. It It really shouldn't be so hard. It shouldn't be so hard. If it's right, it really is pretty effortless because you fit. Yes. I know. I don't have to, like, funnily enough, I worried more about how I looked with my ex-husband. Like, I'd get up and make myself look pretty than I do with Sergio. Everyone's like, how do you lie next to that, uh, you know, that man and not like, go, oh my God, you know, I've got a wrinkle or this. And I will wake up with like a line of gray hair and an <laughs> eyelash stuck down here and, you know, and, you know, my, my lipsticks, I don't know, everywhere because I, of course, haven't washed my face. And he'll just go, oh, you look so beautiful. And I'm like, oh, thank you, honey. And, or he's a feeder too. So like, I've never like, I used to really worry about the gym and how much I ate or, you know, all of this. And he's like, eat more or you haven't eaten today. Like he likes me with fat and I, you know, I've got bits that wobble now that didn't wobble before. He doesn't care. And so I, you know, actually he's given me more confidence now than I had, you know, with man that my own age. It's amazing. I don't know. Go figure. I, I mean, I just think, there's no right or wrong. What I'm saying is I think women should be open to every possibility, yeah. right? I think we cut ourselves up with this giant list of what we must have or so do's or don'ts. And actually that doesn't exist. It's really down to the person. And what it's right for one person is not yeah, right for another. Yeah, exactly. But I love that. You have to be open. Yeah. And energy. Someone, we talk a lot about energy. Someone's energy, it can just be wrong mm-hmm. or it can be amazing and it can feed you. And bringing out mm-hmm. the best in that person. All right, it wouldn't be lipstick on the rim without a little rapid fire. Are you a morning or night person? Night. Who do you look to for skincare tips? Oh, uh, my friends. Go-to cocktail? Oh, uh, margarita. If you owned a yacht, what would you name it? Oh, God, that's a difficult one. No idea. Sergio. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Favorite indulgence? Chocolate. Biggest pet peeve? Toilet seats up. <laughs> That's pretty good. Would you go watch a movie at the movie theater alone? Never. What's your ideal temperature outside? Hot. What's your best relationship advice? Don't hold on. Caroline Stanberry, if you were to give advice to your 10-year-old self, what would it be? Go with the flow and life is chapters. Don't, don't try and make it one long novel. Oh, I love that. Oh, my God. Life is chapters. Life make is it chapters. One long novel. You know what? Mm-hmm. It is. It is. The days are long. Yeah. The years are short. Yep. It truly mm-hmm. is. You're amazing. You are amazing. I mean, Thank such you. an inspiration. Oh. So Caroline Stanberry. Make sure and follow her on Instagram at Caroline Stanberry. She lives in Dubai, born in London. You are a fucking badass. badass. And make sure and listen to Thank Divorced, you. Not Dead. Thank you. Thank we you, We love you. So You're amazing. Fun. You guys, that's a wrap on Lipstick on the Rim. Thank you. 
Mary Alice, thank, thank you, girls. you. Thank so you, Caroline. I appreciate everything. We will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Lipstick on the Rim with Molly Sims and my ride or die, Emisha Gormley. We are so excited to bring you guys along on this journey. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Lipstick on the Rim and Molly B. Sims or my website where you can dive just a little bit deeper into my favorite products, trends, and more at mollysims.com. This podcast is a production with Dear Media. Wanted to give a special thanks to my team, Ashley Gasparian, Schaefer Carrillo, Ashley Sanchez, and Michelle Harrison and everyone at Dear Media. Don't forget to listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss out on the fun. 